Greetings, everyone. I'm Dr. Miriam Mercer, and welcome to my Positive Life Answers podcast. I'm your podcast host and self-improvement expert, Dr. Marianne Mercer, and you can call me Dr. Mary, as many people do. Welcome to our episode featuring Optimism Month, because March is Optimism Month. In my Positive Life Answers podcast, my goal is to help you transform the quality of your life and help you create the life you desire. The goal of the podcast that I'm providing to you today is to help you make improvements and changes in your life in practical ways. Let's create your best life ever. In today's podcast, we'll talk about Optimism Month that I created with my co-author and husband, Dr. Michael Mercer. I'm thrilled to have Dr. Mercer on my podcast today. Thank you for your support. Please continue to enjoy these podcasts and don't keep me a secret. If you are new and just discovered my podcast, welcome and I'm glad you found me. Today we're going to talk about Optimism Month and actions to take each week of Optimism Month. Optimism Month runs from March 1st through the 31st. My co-author and husband, Dr. Michael Mercer, and I founded PositiveLifeAnswers.com and also created Optimism Month, which runs the entire month of March. We created Optimism Month. Many people talk about Optimism Month and don't give us credit for it. So look us up in the Chase's calendar of events under Optimism Month, which is March. So thinking about Optimism Month, ask yourself, are you an optimist or pessimist? Do you often expect bad things to happen in your life? or in your day? Pessimists are like the fairy tale about Chicken Little. Chicken Little kept shouting, help, 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 the sky is falling. In contrast, optimistic people expect the best. If you're a pessimist, don't worry. Optimism is not just a disposition you're born with or without, it's a learned skill and a very important ingredient in determining your level of happiness. It is the foundation in which I teach you to build your level of happiness not some superficial techniques that make you feel happy for a couple weeks or so, and then you're back to base one. This is the foundation of what determines your happiness throughout your life. Let's welcome Dr. Michael Mercer. Dr. Mercer and I co-wrote the book, Spontaneous Optimism, Proven Strategies for Health, Prosperity, and Happiness. We suggest taking action and practicing simple techniques and tips each week of Optimism Month. Each week has its own tip, that we want you to practice the entire month. Welcome, Dr. Mercer, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Optimism Month. But let's get started. For week number one, we want you to detox your mind. Just like people who are addicted to alcohol or other substance has to detox their body, you need to detox the negativity in your mind. You need to get rid of the negative and intruding bad thoughts. Remember, remember this rule of optimism. You can only keep one thought in your mind at a time. You can only keep one thought at a time in your mind. You can't hold two thoughts at the same time. You can switch back and forth, but it's impossible to have two thoughts at the same time. You can focus your thoughts on either pessimistic or optimistic thoughts. It's your choice. Once you become aware of this, it's easy to make a choice. Pessimistic people focus on gloomy thoughts of how they can fall down, screw up, and not get up again. They expect the worst to happen. In contrast, optimistic people, they expect the best. Yes, things happen in their lives or problems or challenges, but they pick themselves up over and over again. So house clean your head to start. So how do you house clean or detox your mind? You may wonder how to do that. So I will tell you, it's simple. Just observe. Observe by checking and monitoring your thoughts. 
doesn't have to be a big deal. Just notice your thoughts throughout your day. So this week, when setbacks and problems pop up, immediately focus on finding a solution. Pessimistic people focus on complaining, but optimistic and happier people focus on solutions. That is the key difference. So when a negative thought comes to your mind or a negative reaction to a situation in your life over the next week, and you start complaining about it, just switch. Focus on, yes, this is a problem. What can I do to resolve this? And that is the key difference and the secret to becoming more optimistic. So welcome, Dr. Mercer. I can barely wait to hear what you have to say and what your tip is for week number two of Optimism Month. Hey, hi, Dr. Mary. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here with you and helping all your listeners. And the things we're going to cover now are going to be incredibly quickly helpful for your listeners. They're going to get a lot out of it. It's going to really help them improve their lives. Thank you, Dr. Mike. And yes, you can call him Dr. Mike because he's my co-author and my life partner and husband. OMG. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dr. Mike, for week number two, what should people practice? Optimism and happiness by the numbers. Are you obsessed with negative thoughts? A simple way to become more optimistic is to count your way to more positive thoughts. It's easy to become an expert at switching your negative and bad thoughts to more positive and upbeat, wonderful thoughts. So this week, your assignment is to focus on counting and switching your bad thoughts to upbeat and uplifting thoughts. For example, take a pad of paper. Each time you have a negative thought, immediately make a tally mark and switch to a positive thought or solution. This way you can do it better and better. For example, write, uh, take a pad of paper, write a tally mark on a pa- the pad of paper each time you switch like this from a negative thought to a positive thought. Your goal, your goal that's going to help you immensely is to decrease the number of times you need to switch from a negative thought to a positive thought. For example, for those of you who are real negative, at the first day you might need to switch 50 times. It could be less, could be more, but let's say 50 times. Well, you you get that down, so maybe the next day you do 40 times, next day 30 times, 20, 10 times. Eventually, get it down to one or zero. If you're obsessively negative, you will become obsessively positive using this technique because you keep in mind you want to have zero or very, very few times a day that you need to switch from negative to positive thoughts. That's great, Dr. Mike. And just observe yourself and don't judge yourself. If you have to do it 50 times, you have to do it 50 times. Remember, your goal is to just keep decreasing it day by day, even beyond Optimism Month. So let's move on to week number three. Week number three, avoid emotional vampires. Are you a loser magnet? Do you attract emotional vampires or losers in your life? To become more optimistic, avoid what Dr. Mike and I call emotional vampires. Pessimistic people allow emotional vampires to suck the positive energy right out of their skull, right out of their soul. Emotional vampires include people who put you down, criticize or mock you, or sabotage your dreams and aspirations. And also emotional vampires gossip about you behind your back. So this week, yes, we're telling you to do some homework, but this week, take a survey of your life by making a list of people or situations you're exposing yourself to. Write them all down. Then either limit or get rid of or discard people, habits, or situations that keep you from feeling happy and optimistic. In other words, this is counterintuitive to what you've always been told growing up. You've always been told, don't burn your bridges, but in this case we're saying, burn your bridges if needed. Remember, happy and optimistic people hang around personal cheerleaders, 
Unhappy people surround themselves with emotional vampire. I recently wrote an article about this topic of emotional vampires, and we'll talk about this again in more detail in an upcoming uh, podcast episode. I had to do this in my life. As I became more successful, I found out some people, some friends who I'd been around for a while were acting jealous and unsupportive. And after a while, those were the people I really had to limit myself to be around. So sometimes these aren't easy decisions, but the positive domino effect that occurs when you release emotional vampires really helps you build a solid foundation for your life. Dr. Mike, week number four, that last week of Optimism Month. Okay, yeah, week number four, this is your chance. Act like an optimist, behave like an optimist. To begin with, to begin acting like an optimist yourself, you need to learn what they do. Optimistic people act and carry themselves in certain ways. First, they use certain words. The words people use affect their moods. Changing your words can actually change your attitude, your feelings, and your life. We recommend using what we call upbeat words, upbeat positive words, and do not use upsetting negative or down words. For example, you can say, OMG, oh my gosh, I feel horribly overwhelmed, which is very negative. Or you can say something more positive. Yeah, I feel challenged, but don't worry. I'm, I can do it. I can figure out how to do it and I'm going to do it. Second, optimists and happy individuals consistently do three physical actions. They do this. One, they take big steps. Two, they walk rather fast. And three, they stand tall and straight. In contrast, pessimistic negative people use tiny steps. They walk slowly and they tend to slouch, not stand tall. So take big steps walk faster, and stand tall. Do not slouch, stand tall and straight. In sharp contrast, pessimistic, unhappy people shuffle their feet, take tiny steps, walk slowly, and they slouch. This week, use upbeat words and watch how you carry your body. Use the word choices and body postures of optimistic, upbeat, positive people. Be a good role model for yourself and everyone who sees you. That's a great idea. And I always suggest to people, when you walk by a mirror or a window, just kind of glance and see how you're carrying your body. And you can make those adjustments easy. And it only takes like 60 seconds. So using all these tips for Optimism Month each week is very important. So use each of these techniques during Optimism Month, and they'll help you become increasingly happier and more optimistic. They're really easy to carry out and they will create a positive domino effect with people in your life. And remember, Optimism Month is listed in Chase's calendar of events and Dr. Mike and I are the founders and developers of Optimism Month. Now, Dr. Mercer, Dr. Mike, <laughs> Dr. Mike, you have some more unique tips for optimism uh, to use at home or in your workplace or anywhere that you go. So you narrow down about seven simple actions people can also incorporate into their lives during Optimism Month to become more upbeat and optimistic. So can you tell us a little bit about those action steps? Yes, these are actions you can start using immediately and they start helping you literally instantly as soon as you do them. Uh, number one, look people in the eye. People who are optimistic, look people in the eye. People who are not as optimistic or more negative, they tend to not look people in the eye. They look at a different part of the face or look away. Look people in the eye, it shows you that you focused on that person. Secondly, smile. Smile at a lot of people. Even people you don't know. When you walk down the street, smile at people. Don't just look at people, smile at people. And when you talk to people and say, and you say, look people in the eye, say hello to, to them. Very importantly, number three, say hello to a lot of people. 
People love that. I, I learned that very, very importantly when I was in college. In the dormitory, at the end of the year, the, the students in the dormitory, they made up awards and would give them to people who lived in the dormitory. And they get People got awards like who studied the most or who studied the hardest or who helped the most people study or who kept their dorm room the cleanest or, or things like that. So we're at the awards. I was at the awards ceremony in my dormitory and they announced, Mike Mercer, come on up here. We have an award for you. And I thought, oh my gosh, I had no idea I was going to get an award. I went up there. They handed me a plaque. They gave me the hello award. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Why is that? Because I said hello to everybody. If I was in the elevator in the dormitory, oh. if I was in the lobby, if I was on the floor, if I saw people in my dormitory out on campus, I'd say hello to them. Uh, not that long ago, a number of years ago, I owned a condo in a high-rise condo building, and it had a homeowners association. The homeowners association had five board members. I got elected to be one of the five board members. There were other board people running for the board who did a lot more campaigning, talked a lot more to people, all sorts of things. I think the reason I got elected is a lot of people saw I would look them in the eye when I saw them in the, in the elevators or the lobby. I'd say hello to them if I saw them in the building or near the building. And I acted real nice to people. So I think people like that. It makes people feel good. Uh, real importantly, point us uh, tip number four. At two or more times in each conversation, use the name of the person you're talking with. Why is that? People feel magnetically attracted. Let me repeat. People feel magnetically attracted, like you're a magnet, when you use their name in conversations. People love that. Just think about it uh, stereotypically, is successful and uses people's names a lot. One is hypnotists. If you ever go see a hypnotist show and they bring, oh. bring an audience member up on stage to, to show hypnotism, the first thing they say, guarantee, is what's your name? Let's say the person says Chris. They'll keep using the person's name, Chris. They'll say, Chris, please concentrate on the sound of my voice. Chris, please close your eyes. And now, Chris, just concentrate on the sound of my voice and take deep breaths. Hey, Chris, you're going to start feeling calmer. So the hypnotists do that. The other people who do that are successful salespeople. They'll find out the name of the person they're trying to sell to, and they keep using their name. If the person's name is Terry, they'll say, Terry, it seems like you're really interested in this product. Or Terry, this would help you a lot. I bet you really want to have it in your life. So hypnotists and successful salespeople do that. Number five, ask a lot of open-ended questions, questions that people cannot just say yes or no to, but they have to tell you their thoughts, needs, feelings, opinions, goals and experiences. So you might say, describe describe what it was like to do that activity. And they can go on and on and talk, talk about how they liked it, they hated it, they felt neutral, they, they enjoyed it, whatever. What was it like to do that activity? Use the word what? But if you say, did you like doing that activity? They're just going to say yes or no. People like when you get them to, to reveal their thoughts, needs, feelings, opinions, and goals. And you do that with open-ended questions. And you do not do that with closed-ended questions. And real importantly, tip number seven, this is super important. Often say please and thank you. Those are short words, please, thank you, but they mean a lot. If you ask someone to do something for you, say please. When they do something for you, say thank you. People feel horribly insulted if you do something nice for them and you don't bother to say thank you. So say please and thank you a lot. Those are great tips, Dr. Mike. And there are a couple more tips I know you have up your sleeve, especially this next one that you actually did research on it for your book. 
how winners do it, how I impact people's skills for your success, which is related to the topic of, you know, increasing happiness and optimism in your life. Can you give me that one top tip from that book? Yes. And yeah. then we'll go into this last one, which is very unique. Yeah, give three or more compliments per day. Very importantly, the compliments have to be sincere compliments, people, ones you really meet. Give three or more compliments per day, sincere compliments. Let me tell you how I discovered this. Um, the last corporate management job I had, it was, it was at a very big company. And they, uh, the first day on the job, in fact, the first, first morning on the job, the executives all brought me in a room. They, they brought me into their offices and they, each executive I talked to said, Dr. Mercer, we have a lot of people working here in the company who are equally educated and equally intelligent, but some are zooming ahead moving up and up the career ladder in the company. They're getting promoted and all sorts of career opportunities. And other ones here who are equally intelligent, equally educated, they're not going anywhere in their careers. You might say they had high achievers and underachievers, high achievers and underachievers. They said, would you please teach the underachievers to be like the high achievers? So I said, well, first I have to do some research. So one of the ways I did the research to find out what the high achievers did that the underachievers did not do is I actually spent entire work days from like seven, eight in the morning till five, six in the evening, spent entire work days literally nonstop with some of the high achievers. And also I spent entire work days, seven, eight in the morning till five or six in the evening with some underachievers. And I actually tagged along with them. If they went to a meeting, I went to the meeting. If they walked down the corridor, I walked down the corridor with them. If they went to lunch, I went to lunch with them. If they went to the coffee machine, I went to the coffee machine with them. So I literally was glued to them for the, the entire work day. This is fascinating. One of the main differences I noticed between the high achievers and the underachievers is this. The high achievers, and I counted, the high achievers gave three or more compliments a day. The high achievers gave three or more compliments a day. In very, very sharp contrast, the underachievers very, 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 very seldom ever gave a compliment. So my recommendation, it's easy to do, make sure you give a minimum of three compliments a day, minimum of three per day. That's fascinating. And there's so much more from your research for your book, How Learners Do It. Our, that book is available on our PositiveLifeAnswers.com website. And in the future, I'll have Dr. Mike back on the show to talk about all the important, easy tips that are in his book, How Learners Do It. But I think we saved the most important and unique suggestions for last. And I always say the last is the best. So I think this is the most groundbreaking tip that you have here. And can you tell us a little bit about what final but very important action to take in our lives to become happier, optimistic, and good role models for those people around us? Give people grace. G-R-A-C-E. Give people grace. What do you mean by grace? Well, if you ask, I, I'm very good at math. I'm very accurate. If you ask 10 people what grace is, I guarantee you'll get precisely 11 different answers, okay? okay. Well, so I've, I've figured out what grace is, what behaviors, what behaviors are part of be giving grace to somebody, and there are four main ones. Okay. When you give someone grace, the way to do that is be kind, show caring, be helpful, and give them encouragement. Let me wow. repeat that. Someone who exudes grace, gives grace to other people, is kind, behaves caringly toward other people, does, gives them help, and also verbally gives them encouragement to, to, to feel good and succeed and do even better. And real importantly, um, grace produces healing. It helps you produce healing in your emotions. When you give somebody grace, you feel good. And when you give somebody grace, you give somebody kindness, 
caring help and encouragement, it helps them emotionally. There are so many people walking around who really feel emotionally upset. They feel unappreciated. They feel they're not as special or important as they really would like to be. Give people grace. It makes them feel good. It heals them emotionally. They feel good when you give them kindness, caring, help, and verbally encourage them. Those are real important things to do. And giving grace helps people heal emotionally. They feel good getting that, those ingredients from you, a grace to you, from you. It also helps their body. A lot of people, if they're upset about something, it comes out in their body. They get upset. They feel sick. They don't feel well. They have aches and pains. When you give someone grace, they're more likely to be able to heal body complaints they might have. People love when you give them grace. They yes. will love and appreciate you. Yes, that's very important. I don't think I ever heard anybody talk about and define grace as clearly as you have and the steps to take. So any of these tips land, this last one is very important. So what Dr. Mike and I would like you to do is practice grace as well as your optimism tips. Practice them for yourself in your home, in your workplace, and people that you come across. And do this the month of Optimism Month. And please send us an email via our contact form on our Positive Life Answers website and let us know how that's made some changes in your life. Any last thoughts, Dr. Mike? Yeah, one of my recommendations is, is uh, do, do homework. List a few things, list a few ways you could be more optimistic and do them. Do them okay. every day and then make sure you send an email to Dr. Mary and me at PositiveLifeAnswers.com and let us know what you did. Just for example, you might uh, purposely give people grace. You say please and thank you. You don't slouch. You stand straight. You take big steps. You look confident. You say hello to a lot of people. You look people in the eye. You smile at people. Make people feel good. It makes you feel good. That's great. That's great. So remember to take action and practice all these suggestions. Or, you know, you don't have to do all the suggestions, but pick the ones that feel right for you and practice it the entire month of Optimism Month, which is March. So please share this information with people who can benefit from learning about Optimism Month. And let's create a positive domino effect right now. Dr. Mike, I look forward to you joining me again. This was really fun. Thank you, Dr. Mary. This has been great. We, we, we have given the listeners so many tips they can use. Uh, we probably gave them 20, 30 tips. If you just use a few of them, just consistently use a few of them for Optimism Month for the whole month, it will greatly improve your life. Also, people will love you and appreciate you more, and you'll make a big impact on other people. I do want to mention also, someone who's an optimist is a role model. Let me repeat that. Someone who's an optimist is a role model. If you're a pessimist, you're a role model. You want to be a role model of an optimistic person. You want to help people very, very positively. So use some of these tips. Feel proud. You are a great role model for a lot of people by using these optimism tips that Dr. Mary and I gave you. And I just want to say, uh, Dr. Mercer, Dr. Michael Mercer, he's been giving a lot of speeches lately on creating an optimistic and happy, productive workplace. So people and companies are really realizing that that affects everyone's productivity and, and behaviors in the workplace. So Dr. Mike is available to give a speech. Yeah, the, the speech that I've been giving is based on three different books that I wrote. Uh, the one that's been very popular is a keynote speech, breakout session, or training session. I call it creating a happy, optimistic, and productive workplace. It's a fun presentation. I have audience yes. participation. People leave and they do much, much better in their workplace and they make their workplace better and they become great role models and make a positive environment that really helps their organization as well as the people they work with and the people they impact. 
in their jobs. That sounds wonderful. So you can contact us through the PositiveLikeAnswers.com website, or you can visit Dr. Mike's uh, website called MercerSystems.com. That's M-E-R-C-E-R-S-Y-S-T-E-M-S.com. And look under the speech tab and it'll give you a list of all the speeches and webinars that he has conducted and is currently doing it. So Dr. Mike, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So please go to PositiveLifeAnswers.com now and sign up for your free Positive Life Answers newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free guide, and I do mean free, a free guide called Quick Tips to Become More Upbeat and Optimistic. And you can also order our Spontaneous Optimism book or Bouncing Back from Difficult Times in our online store. Importantly, while you're at the website, please feel free to email us your questions and comments using the Contact Us form and I'll respond to your questions and also present the comments during my podcast. And because you listened to this entire episode, I'll give you my direct email. I do not post it online at these podcast sites because of all the spam mail that comes in, but you can email me directly if you don't want to use that contact form at Dr. Mercer, that's D-R-M-E-R-C-E-R at PositiveLifeAnswers.com. That's D-R-M-E-R-C-E-R at Positive Life Answers with an S at the end of answers.com. Please use that contact us form or email to give me any suggestions or comments you have about our podcast. And also in regard to contacting me regarding my intensive coaching sessions and packages. A note to my listeners, this podcast aims to provide useful information to my listeners. It is published with the understanding that your host, Dr. Mary Mercer, and today, Dr. Michael Mercer, is not engaged in rendering professional services, counseling, or therapy through the contents and comments of this podcast. If professional services are sought by the listener, such as counseling or therapy, or other type of help, then the listener is responsible for seeking services of a competent professional. So contact your local psychological association, your local state association, or contact your primary doctor for a referral. Thanks for listening. Make it a fantastic week and see you next time. Positively, Dr. Mary. Thank you.